This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with steel-clad resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer and protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform for Valor Radio. Here are your hosts, Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. And soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians, and civilians, and anyone else who have, of interest uh, who's tuned in, uh, we welcome you to the first Valor Radio of 2024. Let's check in here, uh, uh, Captain Steve, with the Colonel and in the Florida WYSL studios. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hi, Paul. Everybody doing all right? Doing okay. Just right. uh, just got back from a one-week cruise to the Bahamas and back. It was very nice. That's great. You have good weather. Did we did? Uh, it was a little. Uh, it was a little bit of a swell on the way back, which doesn't bother me at all. But uh, we had uh, our son and his girlfriend traveling with us, and they were not uh, real fans of the ocean motion. Uh, but uh, gigantic ship, fully stabilized. So I thought the movement was barely perceptible, but they were. They were uh, claiming illness. Oh, poor things. Was it I a know. full ship? <laughs> uh, it was 4,880 people, wow. passengers, then about 1,200, 1,500 crew. Wow. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a giant thing, you know, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Yeah. I think it's 15 uh, decks. Wow. <laughs> I, I just haven't uh, – the, the big cruise ships are just not something that has appealed to me. I've been on a few cruises and just, they were, you know, enjoyable, but not something I'd uh, probably want to do on a regular basis. I did do a river cruise in Europe Mm. and that, you know, the ship only holds 200. What river? Uh, The Rhine. Ooh, that's the one I want. Did Zurich to Mm. Paris. That must have been nice. Yeah. Um, but it was small, you know, it's intimate with that small a boat. Hmm. It's just like a floating hotel. Yeah. You know, you stop at a different city every day, um, and you see the sights as you're going along the river. So it's, mm. uh, Sounds great. overall, that was a great experience. Yeah. I, I the smallest uh, ship I've been on was 700 passengers. That was the, the old celebrity cruise line before they got sold. Uh, it was still owned by the original Greek, you know, family. And uh, it had, it was like a late 40s or early 50s vintage ship that had been completely refitted, but just with very understated, not the usual exuberant, crazy, you know, uh, cru- cruise ship decor, but, uh, you know, lots of paneling and brass and, and everything very classy. And that was great. That was a 10-day cruise. So I like that yeah. cruise. I, I wouldn't mind doing it on a smaller ship. Um, I've been looking at some of the uh, cruise lines that have smaller ships, uh, but uh, it, I, I know people that just swear by it, you know, do three or four a year, just love uh, these uh, big cruise ships. No, I wouldn't so. do three or four a year. Yeah. The, the thing, the, the problem is, that even though they've tried to overcome, you know, you used to have this big dining room, central dining room, mm-hmm. and you had an early seating and a late seating, and everybody sat all together, kind of family style. 
Uh, and now they what they've done now, you know, the new uh, uh, the way cruise ships are set up is there's a variety of restaurants you can go to. So there's like a uh, steak and seafood restaurant. And then there's uh, that uh, – who's the Italian guy? Jamie, uh, the uh, Italian food, but he's British. I can never – blank on his last name, senior thing. He has a restaurant, you know, restaurant there named – and, uh, you know, but the problem is that there's six restaurants, so it gets a little monotonous. Right. Well, I – you know, the, the romantic days of cruising are gone, you know, where people dressed for dinner – um, well, I did. Uh, and uh, actually, our son did, too. I mean, everybody dressed up for dinner at least half the time. Uh-huh. You know, a jacket and tie. No right. tuxedo or any of that stuff. But. Yeah. You know, the days of uh, dining with the captain, and those those days are gone for the are most they? part. Hmm. Um, yeah, the captain's table. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, the, yeah, just, uh, but, you know, people are pretty, uh, extremely informal these days, and... You know, dressing up shouldn't be a requirement, but there was there's something nice about it. Yeah, uh, it it sort of sets the stage, and but those days are gone. I know I'm a dinosaur. Well, oh, we we, oh. Did, we did have a New Year's Eve celebration because we embarked oh, on New Year's nice. Eve, and then at midnight, you know, the balloon drop in the center of the ship. Everybody was wow. to- totally partying, and that was nuts. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> good uh, good shows on board the ship. Good entertainment. Uh-huh. Wow. So, uh, Steve. Yes? I've been thinking about this. I don't know. I'm not sure the highest level you worked at um, in the military. I'm, but uh, I, at one point, was working for an organization that answered to the Secretary of Defense. No, so I, didn't work like- for, I didn't work that high. I, I worked for the, the, uh, the Pacific uh, Command Theater. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's close yeah. enough. But yes, I guess so. I, you've got to start questioning what the heck's going on in oh, Washington. You've got to um, be kidding me. A couple me. of things. Yeah. Let's set the stage. There's a perception that we're weak around the world. Uh, it's not just Fox News saying it. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm, I read some foreign newspapers every day, and you know the the struggle that the U.S. had to try to pull a few allies together to stop uh, or to try to deal with what's going on uh, on the Blue Seas. Um, and still France and uh, a couple Italy. other countries yeah. holding out. But so there's this perception out there. And then, God love them, the new commandant of the Marine Corps goes down and has to have open heart surgery. Yeah. Now... That that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's worked his butt off. Right. He might be the best choice for uh, commandant of the Marine Corps, but you got to start to wonder. Then we have this debacle with the Secretary of Defense. Unbelievable. Allegedly, he goes in for some uh, elective elective surgery, mm-hmm. which we still don't know what that is. We still don't know. And he uh, at some point after the elective surgery on January 1st, ends up in intensive care. Yeah. Now, I can't even comprehend how this could go unnoticed or unknown. Beats the hell out of me. White House, 
to the Secretary of State, to uh, to the public for as long as it did. I don't get it. It wasn't national security. It wasn't. Uh, they're not even trying to say that's the reason. Um, how could? I mean, the, you figure the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, the Attorney General. You know, they're they're the big guys. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who you would think, or at least they're principal deputies are talking to the white house every day well when i was when i worked at the pentagon um there there were high level meetings that that my bosses attended where they always knew where the where the commander-in-chief and the sec def were at all times there's like a locator it was like if you need to get a hold of these guys while they were having dinner this is where you can get a hold of them it's not even negotiable i he had to go through a lot of trouble to to uh, evade any kind of scrutiny uh, that the, that week that he was out of pocket. It's just unbelievable. I I've never seen anything like it. It's it, how it's could not, his not deputies, just him. Who do they owe their loyalty to? To this country? I I don't think I, or so. To him? I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think that's the way they think anymore. Well, Carl. you know something. It was not only him. It was his chief of staff. That's what I'm saying. It was his deputy who was out of the country at, in Puerto Rico. His, de- his chief of staff was uh, had the flu, I understand. But that so, was like back at Christmas time, though. But this is unbelievable I know. what's going on here. I, I, I mean, any- so. What I, about his aide? What, what about his, his, his military aides? Absolutely. His senior military assistant to the Secretary of Defense. It's a three-star flag right, officer. Right, right. Who do they owe their duty to? Did the chairman of the joint staff know? I think there's something going on in that office, man. I tell you right now, you can't. The, he must have an inner circle that's loyal to him alone that won't rat on him or something. And that's not that's not kosher. That's that's scary for the country, and our adversaries, I'm sure, knew, even though our president didn't. We'll talk a little bit more about this after the break. I'm hearing some music. We'll be right back with more of Valor Radio. On the WYSL stations, 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West, and AM 1040, soon to be a lot larger and a lot louder. There's more to come on Valor Radio. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award. MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. 
The Stars and Stripes Flag Store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes Flag Store open again. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. And we're back in here with Valor Radio on the WISL stations from our uh, Florida studios. Colonel Paul Simonelli, Captain Steve Amano. We are back here in 2024 with a fresh show for you. Here's the Colonel. Thanks, Robert. So bottom line, Steve... Something is going on. Uh, it's just inconceivable. And about it. I can't even comprehend this hop happening in any normal administration. I don't care Republican or no. Democrat. And we're going to find out one way or the other. This is not over. No, something's going to come out. There's going to have to be a reckoning here. And Lloyd Austin's going to have to fess up to what happened. Yes. One way or the other. You know, not that we need to know the details of his medical condition. I think we do now. I, but it might have changed now. Yeah. I mean, when you're serving as Secretary mm-hmm. of Defense, if you need elective surgery, um, I, I would think it must, must have been on the verge of not being elective if you're having it done. Hey, Paul, Don't did, you think? did you see that um, picture of Lloyd Austin? Recently, he was um, reviewing the Marine Corps, some Marine Corps uh, formation, and he was wearing a face shield outdoors. Have you seen that picture? No. It's freaking weird, man. It, I guess it recently happened. He, apparently, he's a germophobe. I didn't know that. How, how do you do that as a general officer in the field? <laughs> well, I will tell you. Were you a germophobe in the tank, Paul? No, but I got to tell you, when you get to be a four-star general, yeah, um, there was a a certain general whose name I won't mention <laughs> in Afghanistan that had a master sergeant that used to pour his milk on a cereal in the morning for him. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you know, these guys and gals, they get the uh, they get their foibles wow. uh, when they get that rank. Did he insist uh, on Count Chocula, or what was the deal? Guy yeah, was we, a jerk. We had an intel admiral, very infamous <laughs> guy, um, who had an, uh, a fetish for fresh-squeezed orange juice. I'll tell you that story sometime. So. Yeah. Well, we get plenty of that down here in Florida. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah, well, yeah. we're waiting for you to come down. I'll make you some. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you, you keep showing me pictures of palm trees. I'm in. Oh, we're we're gonna we're gonna come down and darken your door. Yeah. Don't worry about that. And he's gonna wish yeah, we yeah. didn't, but we will. Yep. So. Yeah. But anyway, I, I hope the sec def gets well. Yeah. Only wish him the best. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, another, another. Mm. I don't know. 
just a bad thing, this administration. You think the um, the rank and file are talking about this? Oh, I'm sure at the senior levels. Yeah, um, I bet they are, especially at the Pentagon. Yeah, can you imagine the rumors going around the no, Pentagon? No, I can't. I can't even can't even comprehend. Yeah, and and, and the intel people are spreading all kinds of wild, uh, you know, stories about. I mean, you know darn well this is not going to be a pleasant, uh, you know, uh, resolution for him. No, he's going to have to go go through walk through fire to keep that job. So, well, a couple of things. It's an election year, so. <laughs> You know, yeah, the president right. doesn't want to upset the cart because nah. he's got the perfect team in place. Um, yeah, that's the perfect team. That's the perfect team. Well, that's yeah. what he believes. That's yeah. what he wants people to believe. Wow. So for him to do something now, uh, but just, uh, yeah. just hard hard to uh, believe that this is going on. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as a young kid, I used to dream about, Taking, getting back to boats, taking a cruise through the Panama Canal. And, you know, we all know the history. Um, and, Steve, I don't know if in your Navy days if you spent any time in Panama. I didn't, no. I had a couple <clears throat> chances to go down that way, and I didn't take them. I wish I had. Yeah. Uh, but apparently there's some big problems with the Panama Canal. <sighs> I couldn't believe it when you sent me that article, and I read it. The thing that, that, that really oh, – I'm sorry to cut you off. You, you go ahead and set up the, the story first. Well – I didn't know there was a problem. You know, this is what's interesting. We've got Chinese domination of the ports on both sides of the Panama Canal. Um, we have a canal that has uh, significant infrastructure to keep it functioning, and that – Capacity has been diminished by a third. Uh, They've gone from uh, 38 ships a day down to about, what, 20-some-odd ships. Mm -hmm. And this uh, has to do for a lot of different reasons, but one of the main ones is a lack of investment. Um, And, you know, the concerning part is that you know, with the the Chinese exercising control on both ends um, in this infrastructure, and it's significant uh, for our shipping. What did they say? Something in, in the area of 60% of our shipping on the East Coast uh, goes through the Panama Canal, something very significant. Yeah, 3% of global maritime traffic goes through the Panama Canal. But highly significant for us. For us, yeah, much more. A gigantic impact on our mm-hmm. uh, economy. Yeah, but the other thing is um, water levels. Who would have predicted that a drought in that part of the world would affect the Panama Canal? That's what's going on here. Apparently, they've got to right. pump water into the canal just to keep the water levels up so they can keep ships coming through. Right. I, who, who would have predicted that? I, I didn't even know it was an issue. Now and they're talking some about... major changes. Yeah. They handle larger ships, right? Some of the locks, but every time those locks are emptied and refilled, um, it's a lot of water being pumped. Yeah. Part of the and, function of Lake Gatun is to is to keep the the water level up. I thought. Uh, right. 
That's the so, reservoir, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the man-made lake. It's gigantic. I've been in it. That, that, small, that smaller uh, cruise ship I was talking about went into the Panama Canal. But this was <clears throat> 1998, I want. I think the, the, wow. the year was, before the uh, before it was expanded. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it really and amazed me, Very Paul, interesting, by the way. What, what, what amazed me was when they start talking about the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is doing a study to dam up this uh, Indio River, and I'm thinking, and, and then the, the pipe of fresh water into Lake Gatun, the reservoir, and I'm thinking, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, that's not our canal. That's not our canal anymore. Thank you, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, they signed it over. Yeah. I, I mean, how could the, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers be conducting any kind of, you know, um, survey or whatever when it's not even ours to survey? Well, it's... Uh, military assistance. Corps of Engineers do a lot of missions around the world. This is obviously a gigantic one. Two billion dollars. Uh, you're talking about two billion. Yeah. Well, that's that's a drop in the bucket to compare <laughs> what the, no pun the Chinese have spent uh, right. in that region. Yeah. So, but it's not unusual for the Corps of Engineers to do work all around the world. Yeah, but I, you know, the whole time I was reading an article, I was shaking my head because I was thinking, you know, when I was 14 years old, Ronald Reagan bought airtime on the network television to go on TV and talk about how what a mistake it was for us to relinquish control of the Panama Canal. And I remember thinking, I like this guy, Reagan. I was just a kid, and I thought, someday I hope he becomes president. And he's just a great guy. I just liked Ronald Reagan for that reason. And everything he said is coming true. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what the justifications are. The rationalization for changing the status, um, you know, we never really know. We know what's public, but that's about it, mm-hmm. unfortunately. We don't hear the whole story. But, uh, yeah, this is not a this, – this could have a, you know, significant effect uh, strategically, economically. Um, and uh, – yeah, so I just think it's something we 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 got to continue to monitor here. Yeah, well, you know, he always said Reagan always said uh, if we don't have control of the canal, uh, bad things could happen, and he, I think he was right. I think we're looking at something bad happening if we don't get this thing under control. And um, China is is eating our lunch everywhere in our hemisphere lately, and we've got to get control over it. I mean, the 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 Monroe Doctrine is meaningless anymore in this. In this part of the world, I, I just—it's worrisome. It is, and as we have uh, millions of people flooding our borders, we're spending the money—money money we we don't have—we're spending it uh, inside the country, taking care of them, and that's less we can do outside. Right. I mean, really, the amount of aid we give as a percentage of our budget is minute. It's it's a small percentage, yeah, and but nonetheless, uh, when you start thinking about the distractions that we're dealing with, it really does leave the door open for uh, these things to happen. Yeah, our infrastructure in this country is in horrible shape, and our infrastructure. Oh, that was Kathy Hochul today in her State of the State address. She was saying. Over 1,500 lane miles of road 
were repaired in the last year by the state. Well, 1,500 miles? No, no, 1,500 lane mile. So think about that. So if there's three lanes, yeah. one mile is three. 500, <laughs> right? I mean, 500 miles of actual road. Assuming three lanes. If there's right. four lanes, mm-hmm. like the throughway, you know, you're talking about, you know, less than 400. Mm. Yeah. Um, Nothing to brag uh, about. And, and no, then the, then no the that's wor- the whole point. The world's dumbest uh, rest stops, too. Right. Uh, the worst. And, and hey, listen, who, everything who, is great in the state. And, and except who's, we need more. She said we needed 20 more hate crimes and the criminal justice system would be fixed. Anyway, more on the military when we come back with Valor Radio. Sorry for digressing. I don't know why. I don't know why. There's no sun up in the sky. Stormy weather. You're listening to the WYSL stations 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West. AM 1040 soon could be a lot bigger. It's raining all the time. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg and Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating and Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplay Museum. It's the scaffold, ladies and gentlemen, number one hit from 1968 in uh, Great Britain, and it hit the charts here, too. It's a British drinking song, and uh, had all kinds of verses of scatological uh, content, which drunk people like to roar in bars and stuff. And it also features uh, the voice of Paul McCartney's brother, Michael Paul McCartney. I didn't know he had a brother. Yep, he had a brother. He has a brother. Is I don't know if he's still with us or not. Uh, but uh, they had this uh, comedy and satire troupe called Scaffold, and that was Lily the Pink, which actually dates to World War One, and uh, it's all about Lily of Pinkham's vegetable compound, the uh, American patent medicine, the medicinal compound. Anyway, back to uh, the Colonel and the Captain. <laughs> <laughs> only here, Paul. You can only get this right. here. All right. Yeah. So, uh, I think we've talked about it before. Steve, I don't know, since you've been uh, doing the show with us, but I spent a good portion of 1996 in Bosnia. Mm-hmm. So, it's uh, someplace that I'm always interested yeah. in what's happening. Uh, how many years is that now? Uh, 27? Twenty-eight, yeah, like... Almost 28 years. Wow. Uh, and... For all intents and purposes, the Dayton Peace Accord and the implementation of it have held. Uh, I know at times it's been tough, but uh, it looks like those uh, nasty Serbs are rearing their ugly heads again, talking about seceding and uh, joining Serbia. Mm. So this is... uh, 
something that obviously is always, and I've been seeing a lot more traffic about it in the news and different reporting agencies, so I thought I'd throw something in there. Yeah, just uh, so we need another uh, European uh, adventure. Well, that's right. Yeah. And, of course, Russia's backing the Serbs. Of course. The Serbska. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I, I know this is probably not something, not, there's no oceans in Bosnia, <laughs> so not something you spent much time looking at in your military career, but uh, hmm. significant peace of mind, um, especially getting that phone call saying you're going to Bosnia, and I had to think about where Bosnia was. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm embarrassed to say. Uh, it's tucked but, away in that part of the world. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you the work that I did there, that my unit did there, that we did there. Mm-hmm. I still think that was the best best period of my military career by far. Really? Yeah, I felt like I accomplished more there than almost everything else put together. Hmm. No <clears> kidding. Yeah. So I, in spite of the hardships and everything else, I do have fond memories. Did you have a lot that. of translators there? We had a lot of translators. So um, I was on a base, uh, McGovern base, and it was a primar- It was pretty much a infantry battalion, so about 1,000 folks. Um, in the command group, we had six interpreters. I had one permanently assigned to me. The battalion commander had one permanently assigned to him. Um, and then the other ones did what was necessary, and we had a pretty good density um, of interpreters, and we had absolutely wonderful, wonderful interpreters. They were troopers. Mm. Uh, so, it, uh, yeah, it, was, it would have been hard otherwise. Was there a Navy presence there? Well, interestingly, um, the Navy, you've told me, I've told you this before. Yeah. The Navy provided... Um, some air cover overhead. Yeah. <laughs> when they weren't accidentally dropping bombs on us. Um, what's that movie? Gene Hackman and... Uh, oh, uh, uh, um, Crimson Tide? No, no. About... Uh, and he, he ends up playing... He plays, a, I guess, an admiral or a captain, but uh, of an aircraft carrier. And he's got an airplane oh, that goes uh, down. Oh, yeah, the one with uh, Owen Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that that movie, aside from some of the story stuff and you know the the rock 'em shoot 'em stuff, mm-hmm. the the scenery, every I think I don't know if they shot that in Bosnia, mm-hmm. but I was like getting chills the first time I saw that movie because it looked exactly on point. Were, were you there when that whole Scott uh, Scott O'Grady or whatever the guy's name was? Remember him? The what? guy, the guy that went down, and they had to get him. They had to extricate this guy from uh, Scott O'Grady. I think he was an Air Force pilot. Yeah, no, that was before. Okay, all that right. That was before. All right. Um, ninety six. Oh, okay. But uh, you know that uh, that that movie is was pretty good. But anyway, I wanted uh-huh. to segue yeah. into this a little bit, uh, Steve. Before you were doing the show with us, we had our resident historian, uh, Greg Fontenot. And Greg was uh, my boss in Bosnia. And wow. that's where I first met him. That's, that's cool. And uh, Was he always that savvy on history? Well, the guy just was one of the thinkers. He was, 
one of the guys that the Army used, even after he retired, to uh, talk about, to really, to, I guess, provide perspective mm-hmm. to senior leadership. Yeah. So, and he's been like a machine in the last few years writing. Um, and he uh, reached out last week. Um, and we've stayed in touch, but he reached out and said uh, he, if we were ready, he was ready to come back in and start uh, coming on the show once a month or so. Um, and we're going to have him on soon. Cool. As soon as we can get through his most recent book, because we want to talk about it. Uh, well, it's a, a great little... book. I've started reading it, and it's, it's a terrific read. Yeah. He, he blends you know some storytelling with a tremendous uh, attention to detail and... Uh, so yeah. 661 pages. Yeah, I gave him a hard time. His publishers is. always give him a hard time about the length. But then he, he said, well, it's really only 500 and whatever. A lot of footnotes in that thing. Right. Yeah. Right. But he, he, he definitely researched it. Yeah. And he's, he's fanatical in his uh, attention to detail. Well, that's um, a great subject, the 1st Infantry Division. So Yeah. So we're looking forward to getting Greg back on the show in a couple of weeks, as soon as we can get through his book. Mm, great. And, Outstanding. Um, so keep grinding at it. I am, too. And we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll have him on soon. But also, uh, getting back uh, his perspective. He has uh, worked at some of the highest levels. And while he'll never get into talking about politics with us, he'll talk about policy and mm-hmm. Uh, what for did he, instance, what did he go do? Ahead. What did he do with uh, when you worked for him? He was the brigade commander, so he was uh, commanding the uh, first brigade, first armor division. Wow! And he was a tank battalion commander in Desert Storm. Wow! So he's a combat arms guy. Yeah, oh. yeah, but one of the thinkers in the army. Wow! There you go. And uh, uh, army's lost that they didn't push him up the ranks. Yeah. Um, but uh, a lot of the. I got to tell you, the three best colonels I worked for in the Army, hands down, not one of them made general. Yeah, I, I know. The same with me. You know, you know. there's just... Yeah, there's same just, with me. The best ca- best officers I worked for never made admiral. So yeah. there, there's an element necessary with these guys. Yeah. And, you know, and gals, and sometimes they just, you know, they don't meet that, whatever that formula they're looking for. So. Right. But it's the loss of the military. Yeah, too that, bad. It is. Uh, they lost their mind. You know, the, 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 these brilliant folks and uh, committed. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the world goes on. All right. Uh, hearing some music, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back shortly with more Valor Radio. for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, delivery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office 
office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. The Stars and Stripes flag store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes flag store open again. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplane Museum. We are back in here. Let's go to, let's throw it to the Colonel down at the WISL Florida studios. Thanks, Robert. So we hear from... Uh, all these TV pundits uh, saying that, uh, you know, if we don't keep doing what we're doing, uh, we're going to be in an all-out war with Russia. And we hear from other ones that we have a war brewing um, in the Middle East. Uh, and, you know, what do we believe? Um, Nikki Haley was on... Uh, uh, television for an hour talking about how um and i don't remember putin saying this saying once he took the ukraine he was going to take poland and continue on i i i don't think she was accurate in that i i don't know what she was uh referring to in that but um i uh looking in the middle east you know we have no one is willing to say that iran uh, was behind what happened with Hamas attacking Israel. But it's obvious from the actions afterwards that they're completely on board. Um, they're showing tremendous support for Hamas. They're showing tremendous support for Hezbollah in Lebanon. They're supporting all kinds of smaller militias in Iraq and Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, we got the Houthis yep. um, in Yemen that are causing all kind of havoc on on the seas with shipping. There's been uh, I lost count of the number of attacks between um, ocean attacks and attacks in Syria mm-hmm. and militias um, in Iraq, Iraq and Syria. Uh, so Hezbollah in Lebanon. Right. Do we believe that uh, Iran wants to get into an all-out war with us? I I don't think so. What do you think? I don't think they want to get into an all-out war, but they want to keep on harassing us, and uh, and they're and they're they come out ahead anyway. They, I mean, right now this thing with the um, the Red Sea is just 
is making us look bad. Right. We, we are we are not going to uh, uh, resolve this situation anytime soon to anybody's uh, satisfaction, in my opinion. And that means we're going to our guys are going to be out there constantly reacting to these uh, um, uh, drone attacks, and um, it, it's just n- uh, not a tenable situation. No, it's an in- and we all know, no matter how well trained, how well equipped, uh, it's just a matter of time right. before something significant happens. And so what's the real purpose of applying pressure all over? Is it to get Israel to stop doing what it's doing to Hamas because it's being so effective and get the U.S. to force Israel it's stop. not going to matter one way or the other. Israel's going to do what Israel thinks is right. If, I I hope they are. I mean, they're they're not going to um, relent because we insist on it. They're they're fighting for their own survival here. So I I'm just hoping that they ignore Biden's request and just completely ignore him because that's the only way they're going to end up prevailing in, in this conflict is if they they go with their own instincts because. Uh, the U.S. really has nothing to say about it, and we, we should keep our nose out of their their affairs. I mean, they we 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 keep on talking about this two state solution, and and uh, we keep on insisting that they that they cease fire, and it's that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. They, they could have had a, a two state solution. Like 1947, 19,000 times. They, they don't want it. They want no, they, a, they, they want a want zero. It. They want a one state solution. They, they had 95% of what they wanted back in like 96 and they didn't want that. So, right. Yeah. It's no, there's uh hopefully the world will see when this is over. Boy, with. I hope so. Uh, but right well, now it's a tough time. Well, it is because uh, I, you know, it's only a matter of time before one of those drones gets through. Right. And, and 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 strikes one of our ships and kills some of our sailors, right. and when that happens, it's all going to be on Joe Biden's hands. And and your buddy, your retired admiral friend there, that says you know we'll have a proportional response at the time and place of our choosing. Who, who's that now? Is that Kirby? Oh, <laughs> oh, Joe Suzu. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, that Baghdad Bob. Right. Oh God, he's uh, the worst. He is so. the worst. The backstop yeah. for KJP. Oh, and he's so he he's he's so uh, I don't want to say convincing, but he he's so demonstrative in his uh, 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 in his uh, deception. <laughs> he's Jeez. a bad guy. I'm sorry. He I just, really is. I just don't like him. Stupidly I didn't like him earnest. When he was in uniform when he was still in uniform. And I know. But yeah, I know. He was just there was just something about him that rubbed me the wrong way when he was in uniform. But I didn't know what it was, and now I he's just a liar. Yep, he, he just lies. He goes up there and he tells uh, fibs for for money, and uh, not a lot of money. Not a lot of money. No, <laughs> not enough to make yeah to, to make it matter. But um, yeah, yeah. John Kirby is um, well now. Right now, he's answering a lot of questions about about uh, um, Lloyd Austin. Sure is. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it because his his nose is going to start growing pretty soon. I'll tell you, maybe maybe he's going to have some elective surgery to reduce the size <laughs> no. of it. No. Yeah. So, oh boy. Uh, anyway, on a fun note, uh, see, I know you were a intelligence guy, so you didn't get into driving ships or anything, but uh, I sent you that one article about 
some of the oldest stuff that the military. I knew you were going to talk using. about this. I, this a great. It was a great article. Isn't Although it, it, it's kind of lame that they some of the things they put on that list were a little bit. Well, yes. set a, go ahead and set the table for us, Paul. Well, all right. So, you know, we all think of our our military as this modern, uh, yeah, techno heavy, um, advanced fighting entity, right? But sometimes old things work well, right? And for me in the army, uh, one of the things that's been around forever is uh, one, a fifty caliber machine gun. That's a beauty. That's M2. a that's a piece of art. That the it is the M two fifty caliber mm-hmm. machine gun. Right. And they're still and making them. Apparently, they're still making them. Sure. Can you believe they're, that? They're used. They're still part of weapon systems. Um, it works. Sometimes when thing works, mm-hmm. you leave it. Right. And and so they did that. But that was the one for the army that popped out to me. Right. And then the only other one that popped out was the uh, KC-135 Stratotanker, only because they first started making them the year I was born. 1958. (laughs) Thank you. You had to say that. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Paul. I didn't mean to out you. But you know what kills me is they apparently still have a fleet of 400 of these things. Yeah. And And they're using them. And they work. I, I, yeah, and they, they they sure did when when my guys were flying. They we, we used to tank off the the KC one thirty five and the KC ten, which is was pretty old too. Uh, but they got this thing called the KC forty six now. I didn't. I, I'm constantly learning what the new air, aircraft are. But uh, but the one thirty five man still out there and it still sure working. Is. It sure is. Yeah. And uh, so. Anything on that list pop out to you? Yeah, the B-52. You know what killed me about it? I mean, obviously the B-52, you know, I knew it would be on the list. But when they said that they expect it to be in the inventory until 2050. So that means when it pulls out of service, it will be almost 100 years old. That's amazing. (laughs) Can you believe that? That's incredible. It, the initial, the IOC on that was 19, like, think 53 or 54? 59, wasn't it? Was it 59? I think so. Okay, well, that's yeah. that's still a long time. Sure. That's a pretty impressive platform. And, right. uh, you know, flying up to 50,000 feet and carrying all those bombs, it just it just warms my heart. Actually, you're right. It was the early 50s. Wow. I'm not sure exactly what year, but wow. it was. Pretty cool. Yeah, and, and obviously, those early ones are probably out of service. But uh, and I was kind of charmed by the the, the 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 mention of navigation tools for the Navy. They're talking about right. use of sextants, charts, protractors, the old uh, parallel rulers and dividers that we used to use. But right. I get, I, I guarantee you, they don't even teach a lot of that stuff anymore. I bet you nobody knows how to use a sextant in the Navy anymore. Oh, I think they probably learn it, whether uh, they use it regularly or not. No, I have I'll, a friend. Uh, they didn't teach it to us. They didn't teach us. They, they only taught us how to use the inputs. They uh, used, you know, enter the the figures in the tables. They didn't teach us how to actually obtain them from the sextant. So unless you're like went to the academy and you were doing sailing or something, or, or you're a navigator, or you're a navigator, yeah, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, my buddy attorney was a navigator for the navy and he used to talk about getting up at I don't know two in the morning or something. When oh, he, shoot stars. And, Shooting stars. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. That's cool stuff. That navigation stuff is just cool. I, I used to love navigation um, and piloting when I was at OCS. I, I thought it was the real Mariner stuff, and that, that's the stuff that we really uh, appealed to me when I went to, when I went to OCS. 
Well, you know, I used to love uh, when the kids, when my son was in Boy Scouts, we used to do uh, map reading, and we used to use uh, mm-hmm. um, the Army. I used to use the Army lesson plans to teach these kids how to read maps. Uh-huh. And I would, I would think today uh, it's a lost art, even being able to read a map. It is. Yeah, it really is. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. I know we used to, when our kids were little and car seats in the back, we'd get two sets of maps and we'd give prizes when people could tell, show us on the map where we were. So Pretty cool. Yeah. All right, I'm hearing some music. We're going to take a break. Let's have a great week. Uh, we'll see you next I'm week. God bless our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians. Stay safe. God bless. See you next time here on Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. Up and that I'm bright and early. I'm all business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success. From my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money. There's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory. I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures. My responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good under pressure. Being all that I can.